0: Welcome to the comment report on forward radio WFMP 106.5 FM Louisville, Also streaming worldwide at forwardradio.org. This is Hart Hagen, your host, and we are on episode number 357. Today's topic is JFK on Peace. We'll be looking at the a speech made by John F. Kennedy in June, of 1963. Let's read some of JFK's speech at American University and go from there. He says, I have chosen this time and this place. He's at a commencement address. I've chosen this time and place to discuss a topic on which ignorance too often abounds and the truth too rarely perceived. And that is the most important topic on Earth. Peace. What kind of peace do I mean? What kind of a peace do we seek? Not a Pax Americana, enforced on the world by American weapons of war. Not the peace of the grave, or the security of the slave. I'm talking about genuine peace. The kind of peace that makes life on earth worth living. The kind that enables men and nations to grow and to hope and build a better life for their children. Not merely peace for Americans, but peace for all men and women. Not merely peace in our time, but peace for all time. This topic, I have chosen JFK's speech to American University in the middle of 1963 because it's very timely. In, in 1963, JFK, with the approval of the Senate, got a nuclear test ban treaty done, which requires two-thirds of the Senate. So John F. Kennedy and the Soviet leader Nikita Khrushchev, who had not always had a great relationship, managed to prioritize peace over war and confrontation. And they did this, you know, JFK was had to go against the own his own, uh, hardliners in his own government, the cold warriors in his own government, the military staff, the his uh, his cabinet, the people in Congress, the people in media, and Khrushchev, by the same token, had to go against the hardliners in his own government that were all for confrontation and nuclear buildup and war. Khrushchev and Kennedy had a, a back-channel letter writing uh, relationship going. One of Khrushchev's letters to Kennedy was even 26 pages long. And they had to send this through the back channels because the people in their own state departments and their military would have been willing, they thought, to sabotage any talk of peace. So they had to have secret correspondence going on. And it's the same way today whether it's Biden, or Trump, or Obama, or Bush, or Clinton, or going all the way back, there's a tremendous amount of pressure to be militaristic. There's pressure to be confrontational because there's a lot of power and money in war that is not available through the pursuit of peace. And as I speak, we've got this confrontation going on in Ukraine Call it a proxy war if you want, but there is direct involvement on the part of the United States. There is a direct threat of escalation. There is brinksmanship with another nuclear power. And this goes to show you that national security has nothing to do with national security. National security is just rhetoric. National security are merely words. Because if, they were, if the powers that be, including the president, including the Congress, including all the committees in Congress that pretend to have our national interest in mind, if they were concerned about our safety, they would do everything to avoid confrontation with another nuclear power. You're never going to hear this on MSNBC or CNN. You're not going to read this with any regularity in the New York Times or the Washington Post. You're not going to hear this on NPR. Not with any regularity and not in any proportion uh, to the uh, importance and the gravity of the situation. Kennedy says, I speak of peace because of the new face of war. Now this is in 1963. The nuclear bomb had been invented 18 years prior to this. So that's what he calls the new face of war, which is, you know, nuclear weapons, you've got several orders of magnitude more destructive than any of the conventional weapons that had existed prior to that. So the new face of war. He says, total war makes no sense in an age where great powers can maintain large and relatively invulnerable nuclear forces and refuse to surrender without resort to those forces. It makes no sense in an age when a single nuclear weapon contains almost ten times the explosive force delivered by all the Allied air forces in the Second World War. In other words, as of... 1963, one nuclear bomb at that time held 10 times the total explosive force as all the air war in the Second World War. He says, it makes no sense in an age when the deadly poisons produced by a nuclear exchange would be carried by wind and water and soil and seed to the far corners of the globe and to generations yet unborn. So I'm saying to you, do we need to have a conversation about what this means? Do we need to have a conversation about the gravity of this situation? Do we need to have a conversation about whether we are the good guys here? Do we need to have a conversation about NATO expansion? Do we need to have a conversation about whether we are fed lies or the truth by our media? Kennedy says, Today the expenditures of billions of dollars every year on weapons acquired for the purpose of making sure we never need them is essential to the keeping of peace. But surely the acquisition of such idle stockpiles, which can only destroy and never create, is not the only, much less the most efficient, means of assuring peace. In other words, peace through strength only goes so far, it's not the only way to assure peace, and it's not the most efficient way to ensure peace. Kennedy says, I speak of peace, therefore, as the necessary rational end of rational men. Okay, let's talk about the end of rational men, the end. What's the goal? What's the vision here? What are we trying to get to? What is the place that we're trying to get to? If the place we're trying to get to is peace, we have a strange way of showing it. If the place we're trying to get to is prosperity, we have a strange way of showing it. If the place we're trying to get to is a stable, climate in which we can prosper, then we have a strange way of showing it. If the place we're trying to get to is environmental health and not poisoning our waters and not poisoning our airs, we have a, our air, we have a strange way of showing it. And at this juncture, I'm talking to the environmentalists in Louisville, Kentucky. If, you're, if you think we got to stand up to Putin, I'm thinking you have lost your mind. And you, my fellow environmentalists, have bought the lies of a media culture and a political culture that has no concern for you, your children, the future, or our environment. They just want to make money in the short term. And I'm here to ask you, my fellow environmentalists, what do you stand for? What principles do you stand for? Do you stand for doing the right thing? Do you stand for being informed as a citizen? Do you stand for not being lied into one war after another, after another, after another? Tell me, my fellow environmentalist, when was the last time the United States waged a war that we were not lied into? Because we have been lied into every war in our lifetime. And here we are going along with another pack of lies and exercising no critical thinking skills, uh, exercising no discernment, uh, exercising no ability to say, to stand up and say, hey, how about we do something novel and talk about. What is the right thing to do here? Because one nuclear exchange can negate everything you've ever done in your entire life. It won't matter how many solar panels we have if, if there's a nuclear exchange. It won't matter how much you care for the forests if we have a nuclear exchange. It won't matter that you've shopped every weekend at farmer's markets if we have a nuclear exchange. And the only way to to get to a point of sanity here is to stop buying the meaningless hype about standing up to Putin when our country in our lifetime has done a thousand times worse and are currently doing a thousand times times worse by any standard. By any standard, whether it's body count, whether it's military expenditures, whether it's the number of foreign military bases, whether it's the amount of money we manipulate our allies into spending on weapons of war, by any measure, the United States in our lifetime and at the present has done a thousand times worse than what Russia is currently doing. And you would know this if you got your information from somewhere other than CNN, MSNBC, New York Times and the Washington Post because these news outlets and NPR because these news outlets never met a war they didn't like. Leading up to the Iraq War, Jesse Ventura was fired by MSNBC because he, never, because he was anti-war. Phil Donahue was fired by MSNBC because he was anti-war, leading up to the Iraq War. Chris Hedges had to leave a job at the New York Times because he was opposed to the Iraq War. Kennedy says, I realize that the pursuit of peace is not as dramatic as the pursuit of war. And frequently, the words of the pursuer fall on deaf ears. But we have no more urgent task. Imagine if a president said that today. We have no more urgent task than to pursue peace. Kennedy says, Some say it is useless to speak of peace or world law or world disarmament, and that it will be useless until the leaders of the Soviet Union adopt a more enlightened attitude he says i hope they do i believe we can help them do it but i also believe that we must re-examine our own attitude as individuals and as a nation for our attitude is as essential as theirs think about that for a minute our attitude is as essential as theirs anybody who knows what's really going on in the war in Ukraine and with the NATO expansion, with the U.S. meddling, anybody who really knows what's going on is going to understand that our attitude is as essential as theirs. It reminds me of a part of the Bible where Jesus says, you know, why do you focus on the speck that is in your brother's eye when there's a log in your own eye? You hypocrite, first remove the log from your own eye, and then you will see clear to remove the speck from your brother's eye. That is the degree and type of hypocrisy That exists in the United States today, especially among the leadership, but also the people, including the environmentalists, that are mindlessly following along with uh, the party leaders and with the media narratives, they don't understand or acknowledge that whatever Putin is doing is really a drop in the bucket compared to what the United States has done. And if you say this, you get accused of whataboutism. Well, whataboutism is a call for consistency. It's a call to not be such a damn hypocrite. The word hypocrite etymologically means an actor. You're a poser. You're pretending to, to be in favor of principles and you have no interest in, in these principles. You have no interest in peace. You have no interest in justice. Uh, you have no interest in de-escalating a war because it's always the other guy that has to exhibit peace. You know, we're supposed to be able to make war while other countries are completely peaceful and compliant. So Kennedy says it's... A, it's." Um, We must re-examine our own attitude, for our attitude is as essential as theirs, both as individuals and as a nation. And Kennedy says, first, examine our attitude toward peace itself. Yeah, if you want peace, does that make you an idealist? Here's what's idealistic, or here's what is completely off the charts, naive and unrealistic is that we can continue to spend about 40% of the world's expenditures on, uh, on so-called defense and have any kind of future. Yeah. You know, why do we spend, you know, why are we 5% of the world population with 40 or 45% of the world's expenditures on arms? Because we're just defending ourselves. Yeah, right. We're just defending ourselves. We're just over here minding our own business and people won't leave us alone. Yeah, we're minding our own business. That's why we have 800 to 1,000 foreign military bases. Do you know how how many foreign military bases the rest of the world has? About 30 combined. All the other countries of the world combined have about 30 foreign military bases. We have... 800 to 1,000, the exact number is not known and it depends on which ones you count. Are you going to take this cluster of bases and count them as one base? Are you going to count them separately? That kind of thing. Kennedy says, too many of us think peace is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man. You know, most of the world does not want all this war. Polls show, I've cited this on previous episodes, I've cited the source, I don't have the source right in front of me, but one of them is a Gallup poll, polls show that the, most of the people of the world consider the United States not a beacon of peace, but the greatest threat to peace. So the way we see ourselves and the way others see us are two different things. Kennedy says, let us focus instead on a practical, attainable peace based not on a sudden revolution in human nature, but on a gradual evolution in human institutions, on a series of concrete actions and effective agreements which are in the interest of all concerned key phrase here, a gradual evolution of human institutions. What are the institutions that are always making war? That would include both political parties in the United States. That would include Wall Street, because there's lots of defense contractors in Wall Street, plus the multinational corporations that are traded on Wall Street and based in the U.S., including media corporations, and food corporations, and car companies, you name it, all of them benefit from the military-industrial complex. So these institutions that are geared to war need to change. And they would change if you and I, collectively, and our fellow citizens, and our environmentalist friends, had an awareness... Of how these things work, instead of believing the crap that you read in the New York Times. Yeah, yeah, they get some facts right. Yeah, they have some good reporting, but they're all. It's also narrative control. These companies don't make money by going against the military-industrial complex name a uh, name a company name a sector all you have to do is buy advertising and you buy their silence and buy their complicity with rare exceptions so let's look toward a gradual evolution in human institutions and that starts with our awareness it starts with Not uh, believing everything you hear in the bought and paid for corporate media. I'm not saying don't read. I'm not saying don't listen. I'm saying verify it elsewhere and then decide. Get Get much of your information from independent sources that are not bought by the military industrial complex. So Kennedy says, peace is a process, a way of solving problems. With such a peace, there will still be quarrels and conflicting interests as there are within families and nations. World peace, like community peace, does not require that each man love his neighbor. It only requires that they live together in mutual tolerance, submitting their disputes to a just and peaceful settlement. What does that sound like? Submitting their disputes to a just and peaceful settlement. Hmm. That sounds kind of like what the United Nations is supposed to be. The United Nations is supposed to be a tribunal where we peacefully settle our conflicts, and, but it hasn't been working for 70 years, it has not operated as its original purpose to settle international conflicts peacefully. Why is that? Well, the Charter of the United Nations, which is a treaty that the United States entered into in 1945 says all members shall settle their international disputes by peaceful means in such a manner that international peace and security and justice are not endangered this does not happen when the president says Putin has got to go. This does not happen when the, the president and the secretary of state and all these uh, people in Congress are acting like all virtue resides on our side. We are the good guys here. We, we are the victims here. Ukraine is the victim here. The United Nations Charter also says all members shall refrain in their international relations from the threat or use of force against the territorial integrity or political independence of any state. If you know the true history of Ukraine in the last eight years and beyond, you know that we have done nothing but uh, use force or the threat of force against the territorial integrity and the political independence of Ukraine. It is not an independent country. It is a puppet of the United States. It also has a substantial contingent of uh, of confessed Nazis, of people that are openly Nazi, it's also true that this war is provoked. You need to look at the concept, the, the phenomenon of NATO expansion. NATO was not supposed to expand after the end of the Cold War. George H.W. Bush and his Secretary of State, James Baker, said, told Gorbachev that NATO was not going to expand. Gorbachev said, hey, you know, the reunification of Germany would be a nice idea, except for the fact that uh, Germany, like, you know, invaded our country in World War II and killed 27 million people. That, that, just that small detail. So we're not comfortable, Gorbachev said, we're not comfortable... Entirely with the reunification of Germany. But we're willing to go along with it if you promise us that NATO will not expand to the east. In other words, NATO is not going to acquire more and more countries, and we don't want NATO to expand up to our border because that is threatening to us. In principle, and in practice so what did we do okay so george hw bush james baker this is well documented this has been released from archives and they said okay nato will not expand to the east and what did we do in the clinton administration but proceeded to expand nato to the east acquiring a dozen or more countries this is threatening to the country that lost 27 million people in World War II because they were attacked from the West. And now the head honcho native co- NATO country, the United States, is sending $100, million, $100 billion of weapons into Ukraine. And here's the thing, like Michael Parenti says, the Republic pays for the empire. The Republic is you and me. The Republic is we, the people. We pay for this empire. Our tax dollars go to the Pentagon. The Pentagon pays the defense contractors. And people who own stocks in the defense contractors get rich. And that's a small fraction of the American people, so they're getting rich while we have homeless people and no health care and no living wage because we can't afford it. We can't afford the basics for Americans and we're spending we're sending a hundred billion dollars to Ukraine to serve the purpose of dangerously confronting another nuclear power. You know, it would be really great if we, the people, could get a grip on reality. Oh, look at the time! That's all for now. Bye!